Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from Nani Shaman Headquarters. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I want to talk tonight about one of my favorite topics, and it is L-O-V-E, love. I've probably had love on my mind since my first breath. It is just something that confuses me, captivates me, motivates me, inspires me, makes me feel like I can climb mountains and... And it's a powerful energy that we work with here um, on the planet. And most of us have no idea what the hell we're talking about when we talk about it. So I'm one of them and I've read so many books about it. I'm a super big geek. And I want to talk tonight about two truths about love that when I learned them blew my mind. And I'm going to get into these two truths in a probably a bizarre, very Natalie way. And it started this morning. I was doing, you know, I read every day because I'm a super big dork and I love to start my day off with my head in the right direction. Um, I need all the help I can get. And so I like to fill my mind with inspirational stuff. And so today I was reading from this book and it is called The Golden Present, as in the present moment. And it's daily inspirational readings by Sri Swami Sachidananda. And he tells so many stories. It's one of those great books that has January 1st, January 2nd, and one-page readings, so little bite-sized bits of inspiration. And so today, I read this reading, which led me down the rabbit hole, and I want to share it with you. This reading is called Jump the Hurdles. Life must be a challenge. Only then is it exciting. In an obstacle race, You are forced to surmount all of the obstacles, to jump over the hurdles, to go through the barrels, to crawl under the rugs, and to climb over the walls. What would happen if to avoid all of that, you went around the obstacles and then got to the finish line and asked, can I have the winner's cup? Would they give it to you? No, no, they wouldn't. They would say to you, you must go back and face all of the obstacles. Why, you might ask. If you're interested in giving a cup, why not just give one to me? Sorry, they would say. You have to prove that you deserve it, that you worked for it. Life is also a game, and we are proving ourselves. The challenge itself is joyous. If your life is always smooth, then when you have great-great-great-grandchildren, you won't be able to sit back and tell them about all of the adventures that you had. Imagine this conversation. You know, my child, when I was young like you, this is what happened to me, and this is what I did. And they would say, oh, Grandpa, you did that? And then what happened? And their eyes would get wide, and Grandpa would say, Well, I went into the jungle, and then I was chased by a tiger, and I had to bushmack my way through it to get out. (gasps) Oh my gosh, Grandpa, that's amazing. It would be enjoyable. It would be so enjoyable to tell stories like that at the end of your days. Imagine instead if you said, Well, my grandchildren, since my birth, I just sat there, I sat there at home and nothing much happened. And the kids would get up and walk away. (laughs) They wouldn't even listen to your story. 
So have something exciting to tell everyone later on in your life. And you will be very happy and very proud. Make your life as exciting as possible, but always think of it as fun. Even the obstacles, the adversities, as well as the harmonies should be enjoyable. This is your birthright. Don't be somber and morose and have castoral faith all in the name of spirituality. Why ruin it? Just be happy. Jump for joy, even if you make a mistake. And then just say to yourself, hey, I did this. Wonderful. Learn the lesson and move. If you really want to, you can make everything in your life fun. <laughs> so I loved this reading this morning. And, and it was funny because I had a reaction about this idea of proving myself. He says in there, you know, you have to prove ourselves. We are proving ourselves in this life. And there's something about me, because I'm a little bit of a rebel, that made my hackles go up about this idea about, i got to prove myself, screw you, I wanted to say, right? What a great first reaction. I'm such a great spiritual person. But it was true. And, and then I thought, why am I having this reaction? This is so curious. And it reminded me of one of the misconceptions in life that really harmed me for a long time. And he's getting at it in this reading, and it's number one that our lives should be easy. It was such a misconception that I believed for so long that when I was young, life wasn't easy. People I loved died. Um, things happened in my home that were violent and scary um, and around me in my friends' homes. It was very strange. And I really believed the beer commercials. You know, I really watched those Bud Light commercials and thought to myself, that's what life is. Why is my life so different? And I was very ashamed of the parts of my life that were difficult. And I had a lot of anxiety when I was small. And it was this horrible misconception that life should be easy and obstacle-free. And I looked in my life, I saw so many obstacles. So with digesting this misconception that it should be easy, I sort of thought, maybe I'm bad. I must be a bad person if these bad things are happening around me. The other thing that can happen when you think that life should be easy is that as soon as an obstacle arises, you quit. So I've got a story about this. I went to college, right? I was one of the, my brother and I were the first generation in our family to even go to college. And it was such an honor and a privilege. And, and I didn't really take it seriously. I'd suffered a great loss just before I graduated from high school. And so my motivation was a little bit low. And so anyway, I didn't apply to a lot of colleges. So I went to the local college of Kent State University, not, uh, you know, Harvard. I went to what they call can't read, can't write Kent State. No offense, Kent State, you're a great school. But that's what the locals called it. And so I'm at school and I am not doing anything. And I failed out in one semester with a 0 0.29 grade point average. It was epic. I think I got like a D minus in, um, physics. I think that was the only class I ever went to because I found it interesting. And so I failed out of college and, you know, my dad said, all right, Natalie, you got to learn from this failure and you can't do nothing. You must do something that's valuable on this planet. So you got to get a job. So college was hard. And so I failed out. I stopped going to classes. It became difficult to get out of bed and walk through snow to go to my classes. So I quit. And then my dad said, get a job. So I got a job and it became difficult to wake up every day and be on a schedule. And so I quit. 
And then my dad said, you can't not do anything. So go get another job. So I got another job and it got hard. And guess what? I quit. And I did this for a couple of different jobs. And then finally, my sweet, sweet father, I was a, I was a bartender on Kelly's Island and uh, he taught himself to sail. So he sails his boat that he taught himself to sail on and he sails out to me and he has a sit down at the bar where I'm working. <laughs> I've gained so much weight from drinking alcohol and being a completely lazy slob. And so he said to me something that changed my life. He looked at me straight in the face and he said, Natalie, look around, look at your life and look at it for real. This could be your life forever if you want it. Or you can change and you have to get some discipline and you have to stick with something. And I'm making one offer today that expires in 15 minutes. I will send you to college. You must graduate in four years and you must be on the dean's list. And you have 15 minutes to decide how you want to live the rest of your life. You know, no pressure. <laughs> so he sat there and finished his beer and I served the customers and I'm thinking, oh my God, how am I supposed to make this decision? This is so hard. This is so hard. And I realized I wanted to run because it was hard. It was a hard decision to make in 15 minutes while I was working. And I got it. I'm like, I can't run when it gets hard anymore. I cannot do this to myself. My life will not become fruitful and I will have no stories to tell my grandchildren when I grow old. So I decided to take myself a little bit more seriously. Um, what my dad taught me there is the second um, beautiful thing about love, actually, that I, that I learned. You know, I, I didn't understand my dad at the time. He was very angry that I failed out of college and he loved me, but he was also very much made me earn his love on the other side of that hand. Does it make sense? So on one side of his hand, he loved me even though I failed. And on the other side, I better not fail. <laughs> and what I read in this book um, called The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm explained all of that. The way that my father loved me was so absolutely perfect. And now I have a context for it. And I want to share it with you before I close up for tonight. And this concept that's in this book, The Art of Loving, is so beautiful. It blew my mind because... He talks in there about all the different kinds of love and he talks about motherly love and how it's the first love that we experience. You know, a child is born and, you know, if we're lucky and everything goes well, then we're popped right into our mom's arms and right to her breast and we're held there and we're nourished there and, and it's safe. And, you know, anyone who's had children, you look at that little one and your only reaction in that moment is like complete earth-shattering, heartbreaking love. And there's nothing that you wouldn't do for this little, tiny, vulnerable, breathing human that just popped into this world. And so motherly love is unconditional. Its purpose is to create safety and a foundation for us. It's, you know, there's nothing that a child could do to lose a mother's love. Because they exist is enough to have a mother's love. Now, shamanic cultures personify the earth as the great feminine mother, the mother earth literally on her big round belly nourishes us and holds us, all of us, every single one of us, murderer, saint, prostitute, city councilwoman, doesn't matter. She holds all of us, even the little tiny bugs and ants in the sweet arms of her gravity. And to the shamanic cultures, this is mother earth loving us, holding us close to her belly, every one of us equally. 
So mother's love is meant to be unconditional. And if you think of this in context, not so much as the mother archetype, but as the energies that ride inside of us, you know, we've talked about the hero and the heroine and the masculine and feminine energies that are inside all of us. And the feminine energies in all of us, men and women, have this capacity to love unconditionally. In Irish shamanic cultures, I learned this from Amantha Murphy when she was in town last year. She's a brilliant shamanic teacher um, from Ireland. And what she taught us is that in Irish shamanism, they work with two heart chakras, the one that we're familiar with here in Western culture, and then something right above that called the high heart. It's right around the thymus gland there. And the high heart loves unconditionally. It's that feminine love for all. The second kind of love is this masculine love, the love of the father. And right around age seven, Eric Fromm suggests that we need to start developing relationship with the father figure, this masculine energy, the archetype of the masculine. Because in the masculine archetype, they love much differently. The love is earned. The love is earned. Because think about it, back in the village, and this is a story he tells in his book, back in the village, the father was looking at the sons and trying to figure out who would replace him on the farm, who would replace him in the family business, who would be like me, do like me, and take my place when I leave this earth. And so they were always weighing and measuring. So the mother's love is unconditional. The father's love is actually conditional, must be earned. What's positive about that is that we have control over it. We can change and do things to earn that love, to grow. At its best, the masculine love is personified in shamanic cultures by the sun. In Peru, they call the sun Inti Taita, the beloved father. And the sun, if you think about how a sun shines its rays, it never stops shining. Father, sun, never abandons us. Even when we cannot see the sun because it's hidden behind clouds, the rays of sunlight are there warming our planet warming his arms around the round belly of the mother earth and together the sun and the earth work in this way to love us so if you think of an acorn we're held in the belly of mother earth just with complete unconditional love like a little acorn and it's the sun it's the sun's love the love of the masculine that says grow grow taller grow stronger grow wider Grow, grow into your potential, grow more. You can do more, you can do better. You are capable of much more than you are showing now. And in this way, the masculine love is the coach, is the the cheerleader, is the one who coaxes us into higher levels of capacity. And it gains our um, belief in ourselves and it boosts our confidence. So the balance of the masculine energy and the feminine energy and how they love is just absolutely brilliant because as a spiritually mature person, we must become our own mothers and fathers and love ourselves unconditionally. Where we are is completely enough in every single way. That's the feminine. And inside of us is the masculine saying, yeah, and you can be stronger. You can go further. You can take more risks and be more vulnerable. You can grow. You can grow. 
this blew my mind because for the long time, you know, I thought that to be spiritually awesome person, I needed to love everyone all the time unconditionally. And that I expected to be loved unconditionally all the time by everyone. And when I wasn't, I was shocked and dismayed and heartbroken. And it's not true. We do not have to love everyone unconditionally. Human love, human love is actually quite conditional. And it's based on our values. And this is actually healthy. We can spiritually love all of our brothers and sisters unconditionally from that high heart that Amantha Murphy talks about. And in our human heart, it is okay to have some boundaries. It's okay to have values. So I have the values that I work with. You know, I value growth. I value authenticity. I value communication. And so I like it when I show up in the world, you know, growing, authentic, communicating, and filled with my own worth. These are my values that I like to operate from. And I like people that are in my inner circle to share my values. Because what I found is the people that are not committed to growth, that are not committed to being authentically who they are, that are not committed to communicating and are not committed to living from a place of worth, fall out of my life. They end up hating me or not liking me or not enjoying time with me or find something else to do. And it's okay. Human love is conditional. You know, you think about it, God forbid you go on match.com. It's like shopping, right? For human beings. It's so strange. Yeah, it was such a strange experiment for me. But it is matching up these conditions that people have. Some of them, in my opinion, are quite wild and not don't make any sense to me because they're not based on values. But when it's based on values, to be conditional around those things and who you let into your inner circle can be a very powerful way to love yourself and to love the people around you with the best of your energy. So I guess my message tonight to you is that it is okay to have conditional human love and to be choosy about those you let into your inner circle. It can be quite healthy for you. Invite only the people that match your values and support your vision because life is too short for shenanigans. You know what I mean? It's just too short. And at the same time, really hone in on that feminine way of loving, of unconditionally loving all beings on this planet. Because each of us is playing a sacred role. Even the people that are driving us mad at the human level are absolutely here for a spiritual purpose. Most often they are mirrors to us. But we as humans have this amazing opportunity. I can't even stress this enough. It's amazing to be able to love on a human level and make mistakes and be stupid and just be fleshy, goofy humans. What an incredible gift that is to have this conditional love experience. You only get it when you have a body. It's so special. And then we also have this pure spirit, this pure energetic experience of love as pure energy, as a force of nature that doesn't miss anyone. Everyone gets this universal energy of love. No one is denied it. It just exists and it's for everyone. And so to be able to have two experiences around love like this as a human is a gift, is a gift. So practice these both ways of growing, the kind of, or the both ways of loving, both of them will help you grow creating a foundation for yourself inside that is unconditional so that you can be your own mother 
and love you even when you screw up royally. <laughs> You've got to have your own back, you know? It's that unconditional love that we want from our mother figures. Some of us get, some of us don't, but we have to create it in our own lives regardless of what happened. And then also we have to create these father figures inside of us, whether we got it or not, from our actual human fathers is irrelevant because as spiritual adults, we have to create it on the inside. And we have to find a way to coax ourselves into greater expressions of who we are, to become even greater than we are, and at the same time accept all that we are now. If you can stretch your mind a little bit, both of those things can be true simultaneously. Welcome to Shaman Land, right? All right, my loves, that is all I wanted to share with you tonight. I'm I'm so excited to talk about love. It's oh, it's just a precious thing in this life. May we all know it. Have a great night, my dears. And signing off from Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the sacred a little wild and totally real.